Hi everybody, Ken here. I uh, just wanted to start off everything with a little uh, preamble, I guess, is what I'm going to call it tonight. Um, it is the inaugural uh, GM1 gangliosidosis day, the international GM1 gangliosidosis awareness day, forgive me. I'm a yammering idiot. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so I have my lovely wife here, Brittany, uh, who I'm going to just have maybe give us a little little extra on it and uh it's a it's a very special thing for us because um you know it does give recognition to um this very rare disease that our son has been afflicted with um and so uh yeah let's uh let's see where we can go with this anyhow Britt, uh just a little little something something about uh today's day and what it means to us and uh just you know how how it affects uh you know, the uh, community in, in general. Sure. Hey, everybody. Um, like Ken said, I'm his wife, Brittany. So today was the first ever international GM1 gangliosidosis awareness day. Um, this day was uh, set out and recognized by the Cure GM1 Foundation out of the States um, in hopes of raising awareness and building community for folks who are afflicted or affected by GM1 gangliosidosis. Um, in the rare disease world, the, there are roughly 7,000 rare diseases. Um, however, only 500 to 600 have um, effective treatments and or cures. So that's a lot of numbers and different types of diseases without a treatment or a cure. Um, GM1, we are lucky that we have currently two um, gene therapy trials taking place, but there is possibility for other types of trials to start, such as um, a small molecule therapy trial and potentially um, an enzyme replacement therapy trial as well. So. The point that I'm trying to make, I guess, is that the technology is out there, but we are always affected by a severe lack of funding. There just isn't money in rare diseases, and it's very, very, very difficult to um, bring people on board with that to get the biotech companies interested. So we are hoping that by having this day proclaimed internationally, it will bring more awareness to it. Um, the Cure GM1 Foundation is small but mighty in the work that they do. Um, any donations made to them are, are put directly towards um, research for finding a cure. And yeah, we were successful this year in having four different states um, officially proclaim the day. So that was Iowa, Colorado, Arizona, and Michigan, I believe. Um, I have been canvassing here in Alberta to have it recognized as well. I've wrote to our local MLA. I've wrote to our Minister of Health. I've wrote to our Premier. Um, we were not successful yet, but I'm not going to stop just because the day is just about past. Um, I will continue to have conversations with um, different government folks <laughs> um, in hopes of having the day officially proclaimed here as well. Because, again, the more... Um, exposure for the disease, the better. Absolutely. Now, uh, if anybody is interested, where on Facebook, what is, I guess, what is the uh, group officially called on Facebook, first off? And then secondly, is there any anywhere else they can try to find them, uh, website, Twitter, anything like that? Absolutely. So the Cure GM1 Foundation has a website, so www.curegm1.org. They are on Facebook as well. You can just find the Cure GM1 Foundation. Um, we have our Facebook group for Harrison. It's yes, called Harrison's Heroes. So you can go on there and follow Harrison's battle um, with gm1 and there's a lot of information that i continue to post on there as well um this year all we kind of focused on for the event today was um social media awareness so changing profile pictures changing um banners yep. on twitter on instagram on any social media that you might have so there is a media kit that you can find on the cure gm1 
Foundation um, Facebook page and website, and you can download different frames and stuff. Um, and by all means, just because the day has now passed, it doesn't mean that we, we need to stop. So if people are still interested in checking that out, they certainly can. Um, and yeah, I've been kind of passing out little tidbits that the foundation has, has put out regarding the disease as well. Um, there is, they are on Instagram. They are on. As one would expect, considering they are associated with Facebook. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> possibly Twitter. I'm not sure. I don't Twitter. So I, and I, don't I know, haven't, but... uh, I haven't done any looking for it on Twitter. So, uh, I will dig that up at some point as to whether or not they're there. I can't imagine Snapchat or TikTok. So, you know, if not they are. Not to my knowledge yet, but possibly. Well, there you go. If they are, well, we'll find it. If they aren't, well. Yeah. They'll get there, hopefully. So, um, yeah, anyhow, that's kind of uh, just what I wanted to uh, have my wife touch on. She's the smart one here. Um, she's the one that's done all the, the research, the digging, and everything else. If not for her, we would not be, you know, where we are with this fight for her son and everything else. So, um, I owe this woman such a debt of gratitude and everything else. She is my rock, so... Yeah, and if anybody has any questions or wants to pass along information, feel free to reach out to myself and or Ken, or well, Ken through me, or me through Ken. Either or. And we are happy to connect you to different uh, information. Right on. Thanks, Great. babe. Yep, thank you. All right. Good evening, one and all. Welcome back to the Incessant Buzz. As always, I'm Ken. That's who I woke up as this morning. That's who I remain to be this evening. And I carry on as such. Uh, just to touch on it myself quickly, um, as was in the preamble, as I so de decided that's what it's going to be called, which seems stupid, but whatever, I don't give a damn, it's my podcast. <laughs> so, with that said, uh, again, a big day for us, um, and, and big day for, for, um, those people, children, um, that are afflicted with. GM1 gangliosidosis, also, you know, big day for the families. This is, uh, you know, finally some recognition in, uh, you know, the grand scope of, of um, rare disease. So, it's one of those things that, that really hopefully will, you know, um, will, will be looked at maybe a little under a magnifying glass a little harder, you know, now that it's um, kind of out there-ish. Um, as my wife said, four states now that are uh, celebrating this day. And, uh, you know, we're here in Canada still, Alberta particularly, still trying to get our, uh, oh, the members of uh, the uh, Legislative Assembly and the Premier, whoever that is uh, going to be, as uh, Jason Kenney resigned this past week. Fortunately for some, sadly for others, I won't miss him. Um, but that's just me. And I don't care what anyone thinks about it. I didn't like the guy. I voted for him, and that was a mistake. So here we are. Anyhow, it's, uh, you know, it's it's a boon to what that group has done on Facebook. It's it's a huge, huge, huge thing for them. And, and to finally see some some form of uh not recognition for themselves of course but just to have the uh you know acknowledgement that you know this is a thing and uh we're gonna push we're not going anywhere we're gonna we're gonna make ourselves known and uh we're gonna do for for our kids and, and those you know with uh with similar afflictions um and we're not gonna we're not gonna lay off we're gonna just keep pushing forward and do for do for them as we need to um it's it's not you know not one of those things that I'm taking lately. Um, it it is something I am going to acknowledge yearly, and uh, you know I mean it's 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 a day I live with it every day, but the particular date I am going to acknowledge on the regular. So that's you know again a huge boon to them, and and I applaud. Their, you know, their grit and determination to, to get this group going, to get this day off the ground, you know, on an international scale. That, I mean, alone deserves applause. So, 
you know, kudos to them. And uh, I'm just happy to, uh, you know, be part of a community that is pushing to try to find something for for those afflicted with it, and along with, you know, along with our own. So, uh, I didn't want to start off with that, uh, but you know what? It was on my mind, and I don't care. It's, it's again, important to me. Uh, how I expected to start off was talking about my beloved Calgary Flames and their lack of oomph last night. Uh, they took one hell of a shelling um, and and looked like an AHL team on the ice. I don't know what the hell happened. Um, I and and Brittany, uh, both of us were um, at her sister's home uh, for the Viewing party I wished I was not a part of. <clears throat> it was a fucking embarrassment, that game. Uh, not to mention I was surrounded by not only Oiler fans, and I mean the whole goddamn family, aside from us two and our children. Uh, also a friend of, of hers, uh, well, her friend's husband, I should say, who's a Vancouver Canucks fan and decided to try to give it to me left and right. Thought he was a comedian. Um, I love the guy, but I want to punch him in the nuts. Uh, that was, that was just a tough, tough thing I had to go through and, you know, for him to further exacerbate the situation. I, I curse his name, a pox upon his family and all that. Uh, anyhow, tomorrow, uh, Lethbridge is hosting its first outdoor viewing of, um, of this series, the Battle of Alberta. If you're not familiar, if you don't know what's going on, if you've been living under a rock, it's the first time this series has happened in 31 years. It, it is, I was nine when this, the last time this series graced our televisions. So, you know, put that into perspective for a minute. At any rate, I'm not sure of the finite details. Um, I keep getting asked to attend and I keep declining because um, I have no want or desire to be in public with the oiler faithful, making me all the more miserable, all the more irritated. I, and, and I understand everybody, you know, you probably think, oh, well, why would you let that ruin your, your experience? Why would you, you know, look, um, first and foremost, I'm, I'm very, very strongly, um, you know, in love with, with my team and my convictions, you know, I I, they are true and they are strong and I wear them on my sleeve. So I have one, no, Again, no want or desire to be submitted to what could turn into uh, nothing but endless ridicule and uh, embarrassment again. And on, on a scale, uh, you know, where I don't know these people and I'm being, you know, uh, belittled and berated, it seems uh, it seems silly, I know. But truly and honestly, um, I'm, a, I'm a sore loser. And let's be frank, it's the playoffs. I'm not gonna be a, I'm not gonna be a you know proud or you know uh, proud and defeat or anything else. This is bullshit. <laughs> this is war, and and I and I want to see Edmonton flushed down the toilet at the very end of this. That's not to say Calgary, if they do, you know, uh, beat Edmonton um, and and make it to the next round, will make it through that round. You know, um, I'm not sure where Colorado stands right now. Uh, I know they were winning that series. Um, against St. Louis, and uh, Colorado is is the team to beat in the West. They are built so beautifully um, with all the pieces that they have between McKinnon and Landeskog and even Kadri, you know, um, and just everything else they've got going for them. My God, they are they're just out of this world. And then, okay, let let, let me play devil's advocate for a minute, if you will my team somehow surpasses that uh you know disaster if you will because quite frankly i don't see that series being anything but uh, regardless okay we we go to the final hard hard to imagine hard to imagine edmonton makes it either but whatever end of the day it's it's going to be going to be tampa bay in the east that is going to be a top the dog pile because they just um, a little bit ago uh, drove the final coffin or pardon me drove the final nail into the coffin that uh, that was 
um, the Panthers' playoff hopes. You know, the two best teams in the you know in that division, and oh my God, it they swept. Tampa swept. How? Why? What the hell? Like, it's as though they oh, they're so dominant, and you know, kudos to them. I hate them with the passion of a thousand dictators. Like it is a team that I have not forgiven since 2004. I will not forgive. I, the grudge I hold, it is, it is strong. It is huge. It is, um, I will not, I will not forgive. And I will not forget. Calgary was, you know, the, the, the rightful winner of that series. They got fucked. Uh, because let's be honest, a Canadian club like Calgary, does not does not create ratings down the road. They do not sell. At the time, their jersey was the hottest jersey on the market. They was you could not you know sell them fast enough. Um, pardon me. I, I think I just used a phrase incorrectly there, and and I feel like an absolute buffoon. Um, they couldn't. Yeah, they they couldn't keep up all in all. So you know, take that for what you will. Um. Yeah, no, no, that that series that that hurt me. That hurt me deep, and and that was right in the midst of my, uh, you know, um, dark days with my alcoholism that I was not really acknowledging at the time. So all the worse for me, I guess. But hey, that, that's uh, you know, it is what it is. It's a sore spot. Uh, however, um, we have to focus on the now, not the future. Hopefully Calgary can pull off a win tomorrow. That would be huge. Go back to Calgary, you know, um, you know, uh, tied and and see, you know, what the following two games can bring. Hopefully, hopefully tied. I pray because it, I, another seven game series is not going to be beneficial to that team. They they, they just, I mean, they looked like children out there last night. It was terrible. Uh, the first game in the series was river hockey. It was a beautiful sight, and it just made my heart so goddamn warm. Um, and game two, I mean, well, we are where we are right now. It is what it is, and, and, and I'm just, uh, whatever. Bite my tongue and hold my breath. That's all I can do. So that's what I will do. But we need the split, so. Uh, aside from that... I don't know that there's a whole lot going on in my life right now other than the usual um, that I really care to touch on. Um, last week I kind of went on at length about, you know, my, my dealings with, with my anxiety, my seasonal depression and such. Um, I guess, as I brought it up here, um, a good start if you will, or a nice segue um, to talking about my former life, um, having been a, a, you know, a lush um, battle with alcoholism that uh, I was not going to, and you shouldn't call it a battle, it wasn't the smoothest road I'd ever been on. Um, forgive me, my phone locked and it's now being a dick, whatever, we're still recording. Um, how do I begin this story? It's, it's going to seem just so stupid. Um, and you're going to sit here and sit there, you know, and listen, possibly, I don't know if you're listening. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't, but I'm going to tell the story regardless. Uh, at age one, my 51 year old father thought it funny, uh, to try to give me a sip of scotch. <laughs> I grabbed the glass and proceeded to try to drink. Apparently I was a wobbly baby afterwards. Shocker. Uh, the years would go on, and in those years, um, especially once I got a bit older, um, like most parents from that era, um, and their parents before, you know, they'd, they'd give their children a small cup, you know, cup, plastic cup, glass, whatever, um, with beer in it. And, you know, here, have some beer. You know, and of course we'd sit there and, oh my God, it's so good. It's it's the greatest thing I've ever, I've ever tasted, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. 
So that's a thing. <laughs> now, going back to my parents, my father, who I think I've established as so far is 50 years my senior, um, went through hell in his life. Uh, loss, particularly. I can't imagine it was easy for him. Um, you know, raised during the Depression. Uh, so that, you know, there in and of itself is something to behold, I suppose. Um, it was a different time, you know, whatever. And, and, and I think just, you know, drinking and smoking and everything, it just went all hand in hand. And and as, as the years went on, and so did his, you know, ridiculousness, I assume. I'll be honest with you, my father doesn't talk about his past much. I've never really dug. I've never really pushed. So I, I don't know a lot. Um, except what I, you know, the parts where I'm alive and, 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 and I've seen, you know, what I've seen and been a part of what I've been a part of. Um, my father would come home nightly after work or in the evening. Um, and I'm trying to remember specifics because there was a point where he was driving truck for the bulk SO outlet. So it would have been, I think, anhydrous ammonia he was hauling. Um, and by truck, I don't mean full-blown, like, tanker truck. Well, it would be a tanker. Not the, uh, you know, fuel hauler, you know, 18-wheeler, blah, blah, blah. More like, you know, smaller scale. Um, that and other, other, I don't know what other chemical or commodities he was hauling. Um, I was five, if I, four or five that I can remember when he was working for that particular outfit. Um, move forward, he would end up a ranch hand, probably for the umpteenth time in his life, um, from 50-whatever till retirement, which was 65. Um, regardless of any of that, he would come home at night and, you know, um, tie into his bottle. And I... I don't really know how stiff the old man would make his drinks. I didn't really pay attention. All I know is that he cut it with water. One of those guys. Wanted to be able to taste the booze, but didn't want it the fucking, you know, full effect. Wanted to be able to sip on it, I guess, which, yuck. Not something I could have done, not something I would have done. I, I was a beer guy mostly. I stayed. I had to stay away from vodka. It was not a friend of mine. Uh, 15 years old, I found her... Yep, 15 years old, I found out real hard, real hard that Vodka and I were not to be friends. Um, you know, but my old man would drink vodka with water, whiskey with water, rum with water. I'd never see him get into gin. Uh, brandy he would drink with water, which was weird to me. You know, because brandy's meant to be sipped, you know, from a, sif a snifter or, you know, a little shot of brandy to get you going, warm you up, whatever. Oh yeah, I... It, just, just weird. Uh, beer drinker too. He, he was. Um, you know, I'd get into my late teens, my early, well, later teens, uh, adulthood, eighteen and up, up until the point where I quit, uh, which was twenty-two years of age. No, yes, yes, it was. Sorry, um, it's it's been a long time, and he was drinking a lot of beer at the time too, which you know, whatever. I had no problem with. I loved beer. Heineken was great, you know, if he had Alexander Keith's, great, if he had, you know, didn't matter, he was drinking good beer more often than not, expensive, but, you know, good taste, I guess, which was weird, because, you know, I didn't think his taste in whiskey or anything was particularly great, he was a scotch drinker, Irish whiskey drinker, I didn't see my old man ever drink rye, I fear that if he was drinking rye, um, he would get, um, stupid, and I mean, like, violent and angry stupid, I don't know that for fact, but I'm making that assumption because I know how I would get. And I, I would, I might as well have been mentally challenged when I drank rye. It was, it was fucking terrible, you know, um, and disgusting too. Not good. Just, just awful. Um, so yes, to, to kind of carry on with this. Uh, so, you know, growing up, like I said, I was drinking, he was, you know, giving us booze. Seven years old, I go camping with, um, a friend that I was growing up with, um, 
you know, and his folks are very familiar with mine. Um, his dad's a bit younger than mine, uh, but still older, you know. Um, he had two older brothers as well. I didn't know them particularly well. I mean, like, they were older. I feel like my buddy was kind of an accident. Um, but yeah, his dad, I, I much like, you know, Julian from Trailer Park Boys, I, I almost never saw him without a rum and coke. And not to say he was a bad guy. He was he was always, like, real sweet and great when he was hammered. I loved him. I thought he was great. And his mom, too. You know, she would sit there and smoke like a chimney, roll her own cigarettes, and just get hammered on rum and coke. I thought they were great people, you know. Um, but, yeah, we, we'd go camping one summer and, uh, you know, it, it, shit, if, if he and I didn't happen upon his dad's friend's uh, stash of beer, pretty sure it was maximum ice that he was drinking. Um, we're seven years old. <laughs> we're drinking this guy's beer like we're the adults. And uh, we're sitting in in the trailer, you know, half cut eating sunflower seeds like like we've been doing this for 20 years it was it was fucking hilarious and awful at the same time you know um that would uh you know that would kind of seal it and then i don't remember there wasn't a lot that happened between then and and uh seven years after because about 14 years old i think 13 14 i come from a small town so there's not much to do so 13, yeah, I think I was 13, um, was drinking beer with the boys, 14, I was getting wrecked every weekend during school, it was just a thing, like, nobody, nobody gave a fuck, um, the friend who I was hanging out with at the time, his mom would buy us flats of beer, it was old Milwaukee, but we're 14 years old, and we didn't give a fuck, it was beer, it was great, and we'd hang out, and we'd, uh, I was a, Bad situation there. His parents were two of the worst alcoholics I'd ever met. And, well, I don't know if his mother was. His dad was. And and could be a real, real vicious prick, too, if he wanted to be. But usually pretty good to, pretty good to us. Um, his dad knew my dad pretty well. They weren't friends, but they knew each other pretty well. I loved his dad, though. I thought, I thought he was a hell of an old shit kicker. You know, just, uh, you know, old cowboy. His... As they are around that town. Um, so from there on, it would only progressively get worse. I was, you know, uh, carrying on regularly. I came home during Christmas holidays. I'd been out during the day. I got in ham. It was a weekend. I had a buddy down from Calgary. And I don't remember. We got day drunk. I don't remember if we got piled the night prior. I know we got day drunk and I came home wrecked. And I was just a mess. Well, I think I exaggerate. I don't think I was as bad as as I recall. Regardless, my father was, was furious. You know, I got this buddy of mine who's a bit younger than I am. And, and, and you know, we're carrying on like... Like, it's not a big deal. And my, my old man was absolutely livid, and all I could think was, you fucking hypocrite. You know. You fucking hypocrite. How dare you? But, we'd be made to stay at the house that night. We weren't allowed to leave. I'd keep calling the neighbors, because that's where my mother and father were. Uh, they were having a, they were at a Christmas party next door, and my friend and I were stuck in my basement playing Battletoads on SNES. I wasn't happy. But it is what it is, you know. It's, we couldn't make, uh, we couldn't do anything about it. But uh, you know what? We had a good time. So that's that's how that went. <laughs> um, at that point in my life, my mother was going off the rails with her uh, with her drinking. Um, she was miserable. My father made her miserable. There was no love in that relationship. Tale for another day. But that's kind of what. A, a good part of the driving force of, of her, uh, you know, her alcoholism. Uh, she'd been drinking for some time prior, though. Um, both of them had, honestly. But my mother my mother was um, the daughter of a chief warrant officer in the Air Force. Um, so they, they traveled a lot, and in her teen years... <clears throat> they would end up in Germany and well 
there's one thing the Germans know how to do. It's it's make beer and drink beer. So I guess it's two things, but it goes hand in hand. So it's one thing. Fuck, I don't care. Whatever it is, what you know, it's a thing. Um, that she claims was kind of the the beginning of the end, or, you know, the end for her in that regard. Um, she she blames Germany for her weight gain. Um, she blamed Germany for you know basically getting on the bottle and never getting off. Uh, and, and it would just, you know, that's kind of how they met my mother and father. I mean, they met, you know, out at Suffield. Um, my mother was working security and my father was doing construction out there. Um, but I mean, yeah, it was, uh, match made in hell in my mind. At any rate, yes. So my mother would, um, she, she would drink herself stupid. Um, 12 years old, I was out at, at, uh, friends. I, I was out late and I shouldn't have been, uh, I'd been drinking and I shouldn't have been. I wasn't drunk. I sure thought I was, but I wasn't. Now that I think back on it, I probably only had three beer. I mean, how drunk could I have been? Uh, but I came home to my mother barfing her guts out, just, just hugging the toilet and retching like I'd never heard somebody get sick in my life before. Um, I would come to find out she chugged three quarters of a bottle of silent sam vodka i told you my father not a connoisseur uh it was cheap i'm sure and he figured vodka was that you know flavor of the week or two days or however long that two six lasted um yeah and i just i couldn't you know when i found out i couldn't believe that i was like holy shit like what the hell is she thinking you know basically drinking paint thinner in the process so of course i'm disgusted because well whatever it's it's, you know, it's 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 just a hell of a thought. I'm just like, holy fuck, like, what is she doing? But I didn't know fully, you know, what she was doing. And a lot of my mother's drinking was behind closed doors. It made things all the worse. Um, fast forward a few years. <laughs> my, mother, my father had the audacity to tell my mother she needed help with her boozing. Like he was so high and mighty and pious. Now, granted, she was off the fucking rails, and, and it was getting ugly. She was mixing, like, wine with this, that, and the other thing, and like, in her room, just mixing shit together and, and just drinking a fucking collegiate fucking cocktail that... Oh, my God, like, why? Just why, you know? But that, that's part of the uh, disease, as they refer to it. And, uh, you know, there is no answer to why. It just was. And I didn't falter for it. Um, I never did, and I still don't, you know, it's, and I didn't, I didn't fault him for the boozing, I faulted him for being an absolute dick, um, when he'd get drunk, because he was, he could be very verbally abusive to all of us, and it was a fucking, you know, and if it wasn't that, he was just angry, and it wasn't like he got violent, he was just angry and verbally abusive, and just, uh, just a miserable cunt, yes, I did drop the C-bomb, I have no fucks to give, remember that. Never forget it. Um, in all of this, you know, right around that time, I'm 15, 16 years old. I'm smoking dope all the time. I'm, um, I'm, and and I don't smoke much anymore, if at all. You know, it's it's a very rare occasion. Um, but at that time, yeah, I was doing that. And I was I was doing a lot of drinking. Um. You know, and it would carry on, and, and it never really was a big problem in my mind. It was just always one of those things of, mm, this is who I am, this is what I do. I like, I loved beer. The taste of beer was great to me. I, I never wanted to stop drinking beer. You know, if I didn't have to, I wouldn't. Um, you know, and I would turn 18, and it would just, you know, now I'm at the bars all the time. Now I'm doing this, now I'm doing that, oh, I'm making money. Well, of course I'm at the bar. Why wouldn't I be, you know? And at the time, it was affordable. Nowadays, fuck, I couldn't imagine, you know, especially the way I drank. Fuck, I'd be, I'd be destitute, you know. Um, and then, I'd work for a few years in between then and college. And I think it was about when I turned, I was 21, and I decided I was going to go um, go to college, um, and try to 
get some computer, you know, um, repair skills under my belt and, and get into PC, PC service, as they were calling it, which, what a fucking joke that course was, my God. Um, and then would be abolished the year after, or uh, not long after I finished the course. Sort of finished the course. I don't want to talk about that right now. Um, I would move to Lethbridge for the first time, live with my best friend and his girlfriend at the time, and college student with money coming in, it was easy to get hammered, and there were a lot more bars, and it was a lot more fun, and it didn't fucking matter. Um... I loved it, and and it was just a good time. It used to be a good time, you know. Um, so I would spend my, my only year of college because it wasn't a diploma. It wasn't a diploma course. It was a certificate course. Eight months wasn't worth my time, and and again, I didn't want. I don't want to talk about it, but that's just the long and the short of it. So, however, uh, yeah. So I would I would go through that, you know, for. For, for that amount of time down here, and then eventually I would move back home. Um, April the following year, 2004. <laughs> so now I've come back to my hometown, living with my parents again. I end up at my job at the golf course again, because I have nothing to go to and no other skills. Um, and if there's one thing those guys could do, it was fucking drink. And of course... Far be it for me to turn down free booze or booze in general, you know. Let's go get hammered, yada, yada, yada. Through the course of that spring and summer, hockey was great, playoffs would start. We would end up in possession of piles, and I mean like just fucking huge stacks of golf course drink ticket cards 10 tickets er, basically 10 drinks per card or tickets if you will um, the beer cart girls a bunch of them were quitting and loaded us up they hated the golf pro and his wife said fuck them these are on us and that summer I became one of the worst alcoholics I could possibly imagine. Um, I'd go to work every day, hung to the nuts, just just a mess, miserable and tired, and, you know, because I barely slept. Um, and I'd usually show up to work still drunk. I would then turn around, um, go home, go back to bed for however long, wake up, eat, and proceed to make my way back to the clubhouse at the golf course to continue to drink on their dime because I didn't care and my friends didn't care that the guys I worked with who are friends of mine um, we were uh, we were doing what we wanted to do and nobody nobody stopped us nobody questioned it nobody did a fucking thing about it so we we, we basically got away scot-free uh, we'd come to find out years later, a year or two, three later, can't recall. Um, I was sober, so I know I know that for a fact. Um, but we would come to find out that the pro and his wife did know that we were using these, you know, ill-gotten gains and, uh, you know, drinking on their, their dime. And fuck if they just didn't seem to give a fuck. Now, I think at that time they, were, uh, they weren't far off from... Uh, uh, leaving and, and going, going north. So, um, all the better, you know, for us, but I would at one point in that time frame start dating a gal that I can't even set eyes upon her Facebook profile anymore. I have her, I think I have her blocked because I don't want anything to do with her. Um, she could really get into a guy's head. And and she was just a just a fucking cheating whore. 
Um, and, and, and guys, which is, I don't know what it was. It was something about her with this sickeningly innocent fucking thing about her where it was just always like, well, whatever, like, we'll just, you know, we'll forget it and carry on. And we had the weirdest relationship. It was, it lasted two weeks. It was, it was fucking very fast in everything that happened in, in just things that were said and what went on and everything else. Um... She got in my head in a bad way, and you know, I wasn't able to shake her for some time after. And I mean, like, some fucking time. Um, couple that with, again, the constant boozing. And it made it all the worse, you know. Getting towards the end of... Um, that summer, and I say end of, but it was early August, but I mean, summer, summer ends, you know, in September, right? So, but it was, um, you know, dog days of summer and, and getting towards, again, the end, um, especially for the golf course, uh, summer doesn't, summer lasts as long as summer lasts. So anyhow, I... got out of control one night more than I normally did and I was doing a lot of driving while I was drunk and we get wrecked I hadn't eaten I know that I remember it very clearly I hadn't eaten made my way to the golf course down seven kokanee because that's what I was drinking at the time everybody decided to leave the golf course and go to one of the bars um shouldn't have done that so I drive there now what's what's happening at the same time is a fella I went to school with I don't remember might have been up to grade 9 I can't recall might have been a touch longer he'd end up going to a different uh, school in a different town a lot of kids did from from where I'm Nanton is where I'm from I, I keep like feel like I'm beating around the bush but um at any rate, kids would, you know, venture off to a school either south or north in, in one of the other towns um, because they hated the teachers, they hated the school, they hated just anything about it, you know. And, and and they were getting, you know, getting a better education as far as I could tell. Wish to hell I could have gone elsewhere too, but I didn't. Suffice to say, uh, this fella decided he was going to try to get in her pants that night. And at the time, I was still very obsessed with this woman. And we were not dating. I was trying to win her back, though it was not working. Um, and uh, we would go to the other bar. They were, he was, I think he was buying her gin and, gins and orange juice. I believe that's what she was drinking. Yeah, that, that or pineapple juice, I can't remember. I was really wrecked that night. That part I don't remember entirely. I remember I was trying to drink them for her because I was trying to get her to leave. The problem was I'd taken a spill in the gravel parking lot at the golf course and chasing somebody. And I'm not a small guy, so I'm top heavy. And by that, I mean, I just, I don't have a good center of gravity. I'm 6'3", for fuck's sakes. And at the time, I'm a lot slimmer than I am now. Um... I took, yeah, I took a spill in this parking lot chasing my buddy. Um, I went, went down, ripped up my brand new jeans, ripped my knee open, all scraped up and bleeding. Um, and of course, when you, when you fall, and of course, when you fall at gravel, what goes out first but your, your fucking hands, and uh, I'd rip them up. Terrible. So anyhow, I'm trying to convince her that we should go back to her place so that she, I can try to get cleaned up before I go home, because if I go home, I won't. Clean up my wounds, I won't do anything. Um, there was no convincing her. From that point on, I don't remember much of the night, up until a certain point, where I was chasing her around Nanton in my truck, and I had a shitty little, you know, quarter ton at the time. Uh, she was driving this fucking boat. 
And she had him with her. And fuck was I pissed. So, of course, they're trying to lose me. They're trying to lose me. Trying to lose me. We're all over Hell's Half Acre. Finally, we end up at the water treatment plant. Now, it's not far from... It's just on the outskirts of town. Um, just down what they call the five-mile stretch. Basically, secondary highway out to... Out west. Um, and... They did end up in the laneway. I'd pull right into the ditch because I just didn't give a fuck and I was shittered. Um, I would go to get out, or I would attempt to get out and was stopped by former classmate who was screaming and yelling at me because he was fucking furious. And I wanted nothing to do with him. I told him, I don't have anything to say to you. I think he was ready to throw it out. I said, but I told him, I have nothing to say to you. I have something to say to her, though. And I want to talk to her. And so I get out of my truck. And in the middle of this secondary highway, it's, I don't even know what time at this point, probably past midnight. I'm on my hand, on my knees, apologizing, begging for forgiveness because I'm so scared of what I've done. And I feel so fucking stupid. Next day I wake up. And if I do recall correctly, it was August 13th. It was a Friday. I've got World Source Hangover. My knees hurt. My knee hurts. My hands hurt. I've bled, you know, on my sheets because I was bleeding. And I went to her work that day on my break to apologize for what I'd done. Again, begging for forgiveness on my knees. Because I just, I was so absolutely mind-fucked by what I'd done. Uh, I would then, eventually... I can't remember if it was that day specifically or another day. I had a bottle of Jamaican rum at her house that I would go to her house. Because we were still carrying on like a couple of dum-dums, like we were friends and sort of fooling around, but not really. But anyhow, I would turn around and I would pour this 40 of, of um, Jamaican rum down the, down the sink. You know, she'd get mad at me. Ah, oh, I could have given that to somebody. Well, no, you can't. If I'm not drinking it, no one's drinking it. And it's mine, so fuck off. That day forward, I quit drinking. And I'm very, very, very cautious every time I go out to eat. If I think there's booze in something, I don't, I don't use mouth, if I use mouthwash, I won't use mouthwash with alcohol in it. You know, I'm, I'm very, very particular, very fucking scared. Not to say that that would break my society, or, forgive me, wow, what a stammer and, and just muttering, I apologize. Um, it would break my sobriety. I didn't think it would, I... They tell you it doesn't break your sobriety, but be, let's be fucking honest. I'm not worried about... I eat something with booze in it, and I get right back on the bottle. I'm more worried about about putting in all this time for something I never want no part of any longer to only turn around and, and find out that, you know, I've ruined all that because I've eaten something that's got, you know, cooked with wine or, or flambéed in, in brandy or you know, whatever. Um, I'm that particular about it, right? 18 years this coming August is how long I've been sober, or will be sober, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I've been sober 17 years and change. Um, and not a day goes by that I even think about booze anymore. Not for myself, anyhow. It's always around me. My my wife's family, they drink. My wife drinks beer. I don't give a flying fuck what she does. She has a Caesar here and there. Still don't care. I won't. And I never will again. It is something that uh, I want no part of. Um, I didn't go through the 12-step program like some people may. And, and, and I have no... No qualms with it either if they choose to. I I am all about, you know, if you, if this is what helps you, then this is what helps. You know, whatever gets you through your day. If you 
you need that, then far be it for me to tell you not to, you know, because in, in, in the same time, you've, you've got the camaraderie and, and, you know, of people who are going through something similar and, and maybe theirs is worse and maybe theirs isn't, maybe, you know, whatever, who's to say, but it's, you're not judged, you're not, you know, you're there for help, you're there for, for kindness, you're there for, you know, for yourself to try to rise above what you're dealing with and try to get out from under the, the, you know, the thumb of this, this fucking, again, disease as they refer to it as. Um, my mother would pursue that avenue, um, you know, for a great many years because she, you don't just go once, you, you, you attend meetings, you, you go regularly. It is, it is a self-help group to a degree, but it is, you know, something that, um, something that works for people. And, and again, like I say, no problem with it. Not whatsoever. Um, I didn't, I didn't utilize it. I didn't find I needed to. Um, as much as I was fucking going off the rails, I didn't find that I needed the booze. I just found I wanted the booze. I, I didn't, I could function fine without it. I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that sort of addiction, I guess. I guess it was more along the lines of, I just wanted it because I was having fun. Um, I don't regret making the choice that I made, you know, on that day. I don't regret never touching it ever since. Um, uh, that's actually a lie. It's not regret, I guess. It, it, it's it's FOMO, absolutely FOMO, fear of missing out. For those of you that don't know, um, I quit well prior to you know what is the heyday of craft beer and craft spirits and the like. Um, but at the same time, now I'm in the twilight of it all because. There is, there are, forgive me, multiple brewers who are making craft non-alcoholic beers, which I do, I do partake in. I won't lie. I, lo I like the taste of them. It's, it's not, it was never about the booze. It was always about the taste. And depending on the day, I guess, there were a few times where it was about the booze. And that would be a two-day bender. So, you know. Um... Yeah, I don't, I don't like the person I'd become at that time. I was getting worse. I was going off the rails. Um, when I was 19, I lived in Calgary with a friend of mine. Um, and it was really getting bad then. And, and he was trying to groom me to be back up for, for him in scraps at the bars. And it was not, well, not that I ever did. I, I, in fight or flight, I fly. Um, I don't know, just not in me to, not saying I can't defend myself or won't, but I don't prefer to get involved in fights for no reason. Um, but at any rate, yeah, so that, that attitude was just like ever pouring over me. And it was just, I don't know, for whatever reason, it really became more prevalent the summer of 04 than any time in between, you know, nineteen, age 19 versus to, to age 22. Somehow when I got that summer, you know, when that summer hit, everything just went south. So, uh, at any rate, yeah. So I, like I say, I celebrate almost 18 years of, well, I'm cel I'm celebrating 18 years of sobriety this August. Um, and it's hard to imagine, you know, uh, I still wake up on occasion having had dreams that I was getting trashed and, and telling people that I wasn't drinking and then I'd wake up and it, for those that understand and those that, that, that know what that's like, it's the worst feeling in the world because the fear that you've gone and ruined everything that you've achieved is so 
so gut-wrenching you know it, just, it like it, it literally is consuming it really just shakes you to your very core and then finally you know the realization kicks in after a few moments so you know you kind of clue in a little bit of that oh yeah no i i was dreaming i'm still in bed i'm haven't done anything bad i've you know didn't then sleepwalk out to the goddamn liquor store and you know get trashed so uh Never an easy road, you know, because there's always those who, who can't believe that you don't drink or trying to get you to, or, oh, I could, I could never do that, you know, yes, you could, you just have to, if you want to, you will, but you have to want to, and that, that's, that's a big part of AA as well, and again, not practicing and not preaching, just explaining. But you have to you have to want the help to help yourself. You know, uh, you have to want the change. You have to, you know, be your own driving force in that matter. And 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 it's hard for a lot of people. I understand it. You know, in this day and age, particularly, we we live in in such a goddamn convoluted, fucked up time that up is down and down is up on the best of days. And and life is life is taught life is hard. And life is short, but I don't fault people for falling on, you know, falling back on booze. You know, nor do I blame people for falling back on, say, religion. You know, it's not for everyone. And it's not not for me to judge. Years prior, I might have. I don't anymore. You know, if, if that's what helps you get through the day, absolutely. You know, you're going to do what you're going to do. But... You've got to be able to control yourself and handle yourself, and 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 in a lot of ways, it just you know, for a lot of people, it doesn't work like that. It's it's just not a thing, and I understand that, you know, having having lived it, having lived with it, having experienced it all. Um, at the end of the day, though, again, I don't judge because I do what I have to to get through my day. It's not the same as someone you know has how someone else might. And I don't fault them for that. I shouldn't, and I can't, and I won't. You know, um, religion is not for me. I make that. I have made that very clear over the years. I will continue to make that very clear. Um, but I'm at a point where don't shove your opinion down my throat, and I won't let you have mine in return. It doesn't get anybody anywhere, and and you know, again, if it helps them, it helps them. Um, you know, it's, it's just, we're all going through something, so why not have something help? And I'm not saying booze helps, but if, if that's what they're leaning on, that's their, that's their choice, that's their cross to bear. But again, within reason, control it, you know, don't let it control you, so. With that all said, uh, this is, uh, I think me concluding this session for tonight, um, I feel like it was fairly long-winded, and I apologize for that. Uh, I got off, I went off on a tangent, and, uh, you know, this, this, this particularly, the, the, it's something I've dealt with for a long time, and it's something I'm very proud of, you know, the remaining, you know, without the booze, because, I'll be honest, I never thought for a minute I would never drink. Um, you know, I never thought for a minute I'd quit smoking. I did that, you know, eight years ago. No, I don't want to talk about smoking, though, because uh, quite frankly, you know, smoking, smoking, smoking's dumb. Smoking, nothing comes of it except fucking potential cancer or, you know, whatever. You don't... It's not... It's not... It's the healthier achievement, in a sense, almost... But it's not, because it was never impacting my day-to-day -day life. It was never causing me mental anguish. It was never making me sick to my stomach. It was, you know, it, whereas hangovers and the like, holy fuck. So, however, like I say, I'm, I'm going to call it quits here. Uh, this is, uh, again, far too long-winded for my liking, and, uh, and I'm sure for yours as well. Um, so I thank you for indulging me.
Uh, and I will be back next week to uh, regale you in some other in nonsense and bullshit and, and whatever it is I seem to uh, utter and spew. So yes, thank you all, uh, and uh, be well, be safe, hug your kids. <laughs>